<laughs> wow. Now that's what I call praising. <laughs> what a great crowd. Just shows you how you're doing, Chris. It's so great to see you. And uh, it's so great to see all of you, actually. And uh, we just praise God. Some of us had problems in our body. Some of us have been tired and worn out, burned out, whatever. And you know what? Nothing kept you from coming to the house of God to praise him today. I'm so proud of you all. I'm proud of me. (laughs) So uh, the spirit of the Holy Spirit that is in us because we believe in Jesus is the assurance of eternal life. Say that with me. The assurance of eternal life. One more time. It's the assurance of eternal life. The foretaste of the glory to come. No matter what we're going through, we have that hope in us, don't we? Of the glory to come. Hallelujah. I love God's word, but I love him because he gave his whole life to give us eternal life. Hallelujah. 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 Now, if you're a first-time visitor today, any first-time visitor? No, I don't see any first-time visitors. (laughs) You know, it's so great to see you all-time visitors. And uh, one thing that I have to announce is we are required to have inspections by the fire marshal. And one of the codes is how we arrange the chairs in the sanctuary. So I want to thank you all for understanding while we abide by these codes. It may not be the way you like it. But we're doing what they require, so thank you. Next Sunday is communion. Prepare your hearts to celebrate all that Jesus did for us, all that he died for us to gain. And today's Bible class, we had a new study started in Romans by Tristan Davison. Very good. I mean, he's going line upon line, precept upon precept. He's given us historical foundation. Very, very good, Tristan. So if you really want to know more about the book of Romans, come at 930 next Sunday. And uh, next Sunday, no, well, next Sunday, you're not on. You know, we got to sit. Yeah, whenever that is. (laughs) But whenever he is here, he's going to continue in that Roman study. But next Sunday, Maggie, you're on. (laughs) All right, and I just want to thank those who came last Thursday for Enoch prayer. Bless you. We need more prayer. We need to keep praying, so thank you. And now we are going to give our tithes and offerings. Now, what is it you say, Zosh? We get to give our our tithes and offerings. You know, I just love Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus. You have given us so much, Lord God. Abba, Father, we thank you for taking care of your children, and we love giving to you and being cheerful givers in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, good morning. Hallelujah. This past week, or so my brother Frank and I were uh, riding around in western Flagler County. And and I want you to think about this. If you can get a picture in your mind of this, we're going out in the farmland on a two-lane road, and on both sides of the road are crops and cows and large 
farmhouses. And as we're going, we're seeing this beautiful field with cows. And as we go a little further, there's this great big mowed field with five or six foot high um, brown top millet, I think it is, but it's a cover crop. And up to that cover crop for about 200 yards, it's just this beautiful mowed pasture. And it's right beside this red house that's been in this family for as long as I can ever remember. And my parents said that it was there a long time before that. And as I rode by, I looked and I saw in the middle of the field a truck. A truck was parked in the middle of the field. And it was old and it was rusty. And the person that mowed the grass mowed around it. They mowed around this truck in the middle of this field. And the ruts that the man had mowed were so pronounced. And it was so beautiful, but it stood out because the grass was so high that it covered the top of the truck. You see, they had been mowing around this truck for a long time because sometimes it's just easier to mow around it. It's just easier than to deal with it. You know? I'll just mow around it and everything will be okay. Nobody's going to notice. So that brings us to our scripture for today, Ecclesiastes 10, 18. And I'm going to tell you a story about this scripture, Ecclesiastes 10, 18. Through laziness, the rafters sag, and because of idle hands, the house leaks. You see, sometimes it's just easier to mow around things or to ignore things or to think they'll go away. You've probably seen, and you may have at your house, gutters. And there just may be plants in the gutters. <laughs> you don't have to look too far to find it because it's easier to mow around it. It's easier to ignore it. I want to tell you a story about a man and his two sons. Boys Will Be Boys was last week the father of the prodigal sons. But this is a different story today about a father and his two sons. It's in 1 Samuel 2, and I'll start with verse 12. Eli was a priest. Eli's sons were scoundrels. They had no regard for the Lord. Now, it was a practice when the priests, that whenever any of the people offered a sacrifice, the priest's servant would come with a three-pronged fork in his hand while the meat was being boiled. And they would plunge the fork into the pan or the kettle or the cauldron or pot. And whatever the fork brought up, the priest would take for himself. And this is how they treated all the Israelites who came to Shiloh. 
But even before the fat was burned, the priest's servants would come and say to the person who was sacrificing, give the priest some meat to roast. We won't accept boiled meat from you, but only raw. And if the person said to him, let the fat be burned first and then take whatever you want, the servant would answer, no, hand it over now. If you don't, I'll take it by force. This is the sin of the young men. It was very great in the Lord's sight, for they were treating the Lord's offering with contempt. You see, the sacrifice of meat, the offering, it's talked about in Leviticus 7 and in Deuteronomy. And a portion was to go to God, the best, or the first portion. A portion was to go to the priest, and a portion to the one that brought the offering. And the Mosaic law was that the priests were to get the breast and the shoulder, but it's been a long time since the Mosaic law. and The priest kind of edged it just a little bit. So a few hundred years after that, the priest didn't take the prescribed portion of the breast and the shoulder. They took whatever the flesh hook came up with, but not these boys. They took what they wanted. They took the meat raw. That way they could cook it the way they wanted to cook it, or they could sell it raw and make money off of it and pocket the profits. Why did God get the fat? Think about a ribeye steak. Man, all that meat and fat marbled. And when it's cooked on a grill and the drippings, it makes you want to go out to Golden Corral right now. I know that. (laughs) Maybe not. Maybe Roadhouse. But the fat was the choice portion. It's where all the flavor is. It's marbled. It's thought to be the most luxurious cut. And ordinarily, when someone offered a sacrifice, the priest's servant was supposed to come up while the meat was being boiled and stab this three-pronged hook into the cooking pot. And whatever they came up, they got. But you see, they did not want to do it God's way. They wanted to do it their way. You know what that's called? It's the truck in the field. Now, the grass hasn't grown around it yet, but it broke down in the field. So the truck is in the field right now. You can see it. It's sitting there. Hadn't mowed around it yet. Day after day, that truck is there. The grass is growing a little at a time. Offering after offering, sacrifice after sacrifice, the truck is there. You ride by it each day. Judges 21. In those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. Sound familiar? Yeah, it sure does. You see, this is the story in the book of 1 Samuel. It is before Saul was anointed king by Samuel. And young Samuel worked under the priest Eli. And in those days, Israel had no king. So you see, before Samuel anointed Saul as king, everybody did as they saw fit. 1 Samuel 2.22 Now, Eli, who was very old, heard about everything his sons were doing to all of Israel, how they slept with the women who served at the entrance to the tent of the meeting. 
Not only were they taking the meat, the sacrifice, the offering, but they were sleeping with the women day after day, week after week. You know what that's called? That's the grass growing up around the truck. You know, one day it's short. One day it gets a little higher. Day after day, week after week, the grass is growing up around the truck. And it's not just the truck. It's the whole field. You see, the sin was growing day after day, week after week, a step at a time. Their sin was getting worse. James 1.15 says this, Then after the desire was conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. You see, Eli knew what his sons were doing. He sees it every day. And it wasn't just an isolated event. It was like the weeds in your gutter. You walk out and you see them, and you hope it won't rain today. The people were telling Eli this over and over and over. First the sacrifices, then the offerings, then the fat of the meat, then the women. They were coming to Eli. The scripture said they were coming and telling him about it. Where does it stop? Let's look at 1 Samuel 2, 23 and 25. So he said to them, why do you do such things? I hear from all the people about these wicked deeds of yours. No, my sons, the report I hear spreading among the Lord's people is not good. His sons, however, did not listen to their father's rebuke. You know what that is? Eli, he's, he's mowing around the truck. He sees it every day. The grass is growing. The sins are getting worse. The people are telling him about it. He can't ignore it. It's going against God's word, but he's mowing around it. Because sometimes it's just easier to mow around it, to not deal with it, to not take back something that's yours. Sometimes it's easier just to say, nobody's looking, nobody cares, it's all right. Honor your father and your mother so that you will live long in the land of the Lord your God has given you. These boys, they were not doing that. And they're not going to reap the benefit of that blessing. Proverbs 13, 24 says this, those who don't correct their children hate them, but those who love them are careful to correct them. Is it really love to mow around it? No, no. You see, here's what happens when you continually mow around something, when you continually ignore it, when you just say it's going to be okay, and you're the one driving the tractor. As you're pulling up, you know the truck's there, you see it. It's just a little bit to the right and then a little bit to the left. You turn around at the end of the field, you lift up your mower, you head back, and then it's just a little bit to the right 
a little bit to the left. It's easier to mow around it, but here's what happens when you mow around it. Second Samuel 4. The people of Israel were in a battle with the Philistines. And there was this huge battle. The Philistines routed the army of Israel and they stole the Ark of the Covenant. They took it away. And there was a runner that was going to come back and tell Eli what happened. And here's his news. The man who brought the news replied, Israel fled before the Philistines and the army has suffered heavy losses. Also, your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead. And the ark of God has been captured. And when he mentioned the ark of the God, Eli fell backwards off his chair by the side of the gate. His neck was broken and he died. For he was an old man and he was heavy. Is there something that you're mowing around? Is there anything that you're mowing around? I want to take us back to our main text today. Ecclesiastes 10.18 Through laziness the rafters sag because of idle hands the house leaks. You see what this is really about is it's about your covering. It's about what covers you. They're talking about right here a house with rafters that sag and a roof that leaks. Everything in your house will get wet, damaged, and destroyed. The wind will come in. The rain will come in. You don't have enough buckets to catch the rain when you mow around it. It's your covering. It's your relationship with God. It's what this scripture is speaking to. Yes, there's a physical house, but there's a spiritual house. And if your rafters are sagging, and if your roof leaks, if there's weeds in your gutters, and if there's something in your spiritual yard that you're mowing around, you know what happens when you mow around things. It's your covering. First Peter 5, 8 says this, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You see, Satan will go into a yard where he sees somebody's been mowing around it because he recognizes they're not taking care of it. He'll see the roofers sag, the rafters sag. He'll see the roof leaks. Don't let it be us. When the rafters sag, the roof is not far behind. There's not enough blue tarps to cover it up. Satan is after your covering, my covering. He's after our covering. He wants us to mow around the issues in our lives that are likely to grow grass around it or mess with our rafters or our shingles. God wants us to deal with it, to confront it, to repent, to change. I'm not talking about just repenting 
and being saved. I'm talking about mature Christians here who, who've mowed around something and you realize you're mowing around it. You, you realize it needs some repair, some maintenance. You're saying, man, I, I need, I'll get to that. But before long, day after day, week after week, maybe you just say, I'll get to my Bible later. I meant to pray about that, but it, I didn't have time. I, I know that I should meditate on God, but Hawaii Five O's on. It, it's this easy thing to get out of step, to change. I, I want you to know God's not keeping score. Well, you hadn't read your Bible today, or if you did, well, you only read one verse. Or, okay, you read a chapter, but, you know, they read a book. God's not condemning you. He's softly calling, come on back. Come on back. He, he wants you to see the truck. He wants you to recognize you've got to deal with it. He knows you've been mowing around it, and you know you've been mowing around it, and he's saying, come home, come on, come back. You see, Satan wants to condemn you, and the Holy Spirit wants to convince you. Listen to Romans 8, 14, 8, 1 through 4. There is that therefore now no condemnation to those which are in Christ who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit is life in Christ. And Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it's weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin Condemned sin in the flesh. Dr. Davidson was talking about that this morning. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but the spirit. God's calling us to change. Look at what's going on in our world. We are his hands and his feet. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, I didn't get it right yesterday. I forgot to do it yesterday. I ignored it yesterday. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward what lays ahead. I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Look, you... You don't have to mow around it anymore. I mean, how do I do that? If you aren't reading your Bible, start. It's one of the gifts. It's a weapon of the Spirit. If you aren't praying, start today. Man, I, I've mowed around that prayer time. I've let something else get in it. If you don't do this, God's not condemning you. He's calling you. Just like the grass grows one day at a time, you can reverse it one day at a time. Are you ready to mow around the... Are, are you ready to move the truck and not mow around it? Have you got some areas in your life that maybe need a little work? Are you at a spot where you think, 
Well, I have been mowing around that. It might be your physical house, your spiritual house. It might be your family. It could be so many things, your children, your finances. If, if you're ready to get the truck out of the field so you don't have to mow around it anymore, let's do this. Let's pray about it right now. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you today that you give us redemption through Jesus Christ. That the things that we don't get right, you've already died for those. There's nothing that we can do, nothing that keeps us from you, except for us to just turn our back totally on you. Father, you've paid the price. Lord, for those areas in our life where we've been mowing around and mowing around, those areas in our life where the rafters are sagging and the roof might be leaking, Father, help us to maintain that today. Help us to repair that today. Help us to move the truck out of the field and deal with the grass that we've got there. Father, we know that once that truck is gone, mowing that grass is easy. It's a straight cut. I thank you, God, that you give us the ability to do that, that you give us the will to do that. Father, that you give us the power to do that through the Holy Spirit. I thank you right now, God, in the name of Jesus. And right now, I move trucks in the field. I mow the grass down. I repair our covering, which is you, dear Lord, in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So today, if you've uh, had some things that you needed mowing, I hope that you can work on them today. I know that I have. As I saw that truck in the field, it brought several things to my mind that I had let grass grow around. May your grass be mowed. Amen. Amen. Move that truck.